Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back and happy Tuesday. Hope your day is off to an amazing start. I want to give a really quick shout out to Organifi. I've been using so many of their amazing products and I love the gold in chocolate flavor. It is perfect at nighttime when you feel like you want something chocolatey, you want something sweet, you don't want a little bit of too much and you don't want to feel full before you go to bed. I make a hot chocolate with the Organifi gold and it's really, really great. It's got some lemon balm and magnesium which is really great for anxiety. It's great for sleep, great for calming the body. And it's just got one gram of sugar, which is perfect. So a lot of the women inside our metabolic reset program they really love the product because, again, it's just one of those great go-tos when you want something sweet and you've just been kind of like rocking your reset and you don't want to like fall off the wagon and you still get that good chocolate, that rich chocolate. It tastes so good. And so I'm a big fan of it. So I just make a nice hot chocolate before I go to bed and I drink it maybe about an hour before bed and it's super soothing. It's got some great adrenal support in there. And like I said, only one gram of sugar and it's so delicious. I've also been using the Organifi Glow. It's their organic collagen support. It is great for hydrating the skin. It helps to build your natural collagen production and it repairs DNA damage that may have been caused by, you know, too much sun exposure. And it's got aloe vera, rose hips, tremella mushroom, which is amazing because it's proven to support skin elasticity and hydration. And it's actually five times more hydrating than hyaluronic acid, which is awesome. There's some bamboo silica, camu camu, pomegranate, raspberry. It's just loaded with so much goodness. And I, I absolutely love it. It tastes like raspberry lemonade. So what I like to do is I will make like a morning elixir with it sometimes. And I just kind of mix it with some sometimes some freshly squeezed lemon juice. Sometimes I'll put a little bit of apple cider vinegar in there and um, and I just kind of mix it up in the morning, put a scoop of the glow in there and I drink that first thing in the morning. And why I have the glow specifically in the morning is because it does contain some coconut water and a coconut water powder, which is really high in potassium. And then it also has some pink Himalayan sea salt, which has tons of trace minerals. So those two specifically in the morning are really great for your adrenal health because your adrenals really need those trace minerals. And so that's that's just something that I love to include in the morning. So if you really want to support adrenal health, but also your skin and collagen production at the same time, I highly recommend the glow. So you can head to OrganifiShop.com and use the coupon code healthy hormones and save 15% off any of their products. Do give them a try. And if you do, make sure to let me know what you're using and how you guys love it. And then speaking of skin, I cannot wait to share with you guys. We're going to have an amazing episode in a few weeks with Andy, who is the founder of Alatora Naturals. You guys are going to be blown away by his story, how he was hit by a car, not once, but twice. And he had like a broken jaw. It just totally 
all these scratches and broken bones and everything and his skin and everything was just a, such a mess. And he went through, you know, he's an actor, he is a model. And here he was in the hospital, just all broken up and scratched up. And he was like, how the heck am I going to get back on camera and get back to work? And he started to really dive in and created the most amazing skincare line called Alatura Naturals. If you guys have not used their mask before, their clay mask, you are missing out. This clay mask has won so many incredible reviews. I have used it back in the day and I've got it on the way right now. It is in the mail right now and it literally is the best facial mask treatment. It is kind of an all-in-one facial treatment. It purifies the skin. It has nine nutrient-dense ingredients that exfoliate the skin, reduces pores, stimulates blood flow, and really encourages growth of new skin cells. It's so detoxifying. It's got lots of amazing different clays in there that draw out impurities and just really helps to produce this radiant glow. So you are going to love it. They ship internationally and I had to share, I had to ask Andy if we could hook our audience up with a coupon code so you guys can save 20% off any of their products. So head to alatoranaturals.com. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A naturals.com. Use the coupon code healthy hormones and you will save 20% off. And they won an award, a 2018 Dirty Thinker's Choice Award for Best Clay Mask. And you guys are just going to love it. It's so fantastic. There's a freshwater pearl powder in there. There's grass-fed colostrum in there, American ginseng, vitamin C, bentonite clay, kaolin clay, kelp powder. It is so fantastic. So highly recommend it. And I basically ordered like all of the things from them. Um, So not only did I get the clay mask, but I'm really excited to try their gold serum as well. Because you guys know I'm so drawn to oils for the skin and oil cleansing, that's why I was really drawn to this because it's an oil-based product with jojoba oil and olive oil, and there's some rose water in there, rose hip. It is all organic. There's neroli oil in there, their marine collagen. They have Australian organic sandalwood, which is amazing for the skin, carrot seed oil. Like It is loaded with so many incredible ingredients. And I have so many friends that have raved about it. So I was like, I got to have Andy on the podcast. And I'm going to ask him right now before I even interview him, if we can hook up our community with a discount code. So there you go, guys, head on over to alatornaturals.com. Use the coupon code healthy hormones, 20% off everything, and you're going to love it. And let me know when you get your products. I would love to hear how your results are. Take some before and afters. And I definitely want to see some pictures of the clay mask on. I will definitely be posting those on my Instagram. So stay tuned for that. All right. So enough about that. Let's dive into our episode today. I'm really excited. I am speaking with Kristen Ciccolini. We're talking about intuition. We're talking about how you can use your intuition to bring hormones into balance and how we have to get off of this sort of dieting roller coaster and dieting mentality and really go beyond just the food and and really talk about our mental and emotional health and our intuition and how that all plays a role. And we talk about meal planning and meal planning intuitively. Um, so many great 
tips and strategies that Kristen shares with us today that will help you get off this diet roller coaster and just really get back to tuning into your body and listening to your body. So I'm really excited for it. So Kristen Ciccolini is a weight-inclusive holistic nutritionist, speaker, writer, and founder of Good Witch Kitchen. She is certified from the Academy of Culinary Nutrition and the Functional Nutrition Certification Program to help women manage their health naturally through their diet. Her specialty is working with clients who have a strained relationship with food and want to quit dieting once and for all, helping them overcome disordered thought patterns, emotional eating, and body image issues through strategies that strengthen their mindset, intuition, and self-trust. Kristen is based in Boston and also teaches cooking classes, nutrition workshops, and online courses. She's been featured on CNN, Boston Magazine, Prevention, Healthline, and more. So let's dive into our episode today. I hope you guys enjoy it. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to the podcast. Excited to have you here today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So before we dive in, can you share with our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'm a holistic nutritionist and I am the founder of Good Witch Kitchen. Uh, I have a non-diet practice, so I really um, focus on intuition and get away from any specific diets. It's more about health promoting behaviors. And um, recently I've moved into helping those who have been chronically dieting and who have had hormone imbalances because of that, get that balance back using the intuitive practices that um, we'll probably talk about today. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. Awesome. So how did you get started in this specific area? So, well, All of it started when I enrolled in the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. So that was my first foray. So that that happened about a couple years after I started my health journey and everything that I was learning and implementing in my own life and seeing all of the really great improvements there. I just wanted to share and tell everyone about it. So, But I also wanted to be informed and share in an educated and responsible way. So that's what led me to the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. And then within the first year of opening my business and working with clients, I learned more about intuitive eating. I started realizing more and more that the people I was working with, it wasn't so much about you know kicking a sugar addiction or it wasn't so much about the types of food that they were eating. It was more about the relationship that they had to those foods. So I started um, learning more about intuitive eating. I found it for myself and um, started seeing improvements in my own life there. And that sort of led me to using that with clients and understanding the way that that works with clients. I found that I had a lot more success in that way. So it's been an interesting road. (laughs) You know, you learn as you go, but I feel that now I'm really in a groove and um, I found my calling really. That's so exciting. Awesome. So just backtracking a bit, you mentioned that when you first dove into nutrition, you had amazing health benefits that came from that. Can you talk a bit about that and what that transformation looked like for yourself? Yes. So I am lucky in that I never had anything you know, debilitating. I know a lot of people um, who go into the wellness field have had something drastic like that. Right. I personally, um, I was depressed and I had, I mean, not that that's not a big thing, right. But I know a lot of people have like this huge dramatic health transformation, but mine was more of a mood thing. 
I had never had like an even killed mood. It was, there was a lot of um, depressive episodes, a lot of crying and um, that was a regular thing. And I just kind of assumed that that's how it, it was. That's just how my life was meant to be. Right. <laughs> um, and so once I started eating better, what well, I started committing to actually working out regularly and paying attention to what I ate. And once I started learning about the foods I was putting in my body and what they were actually doing for my body, it clicked for me because for me, it's the why. Knowing why I'm doing something, knowing how something works, that's where it clicked for me to keep doing it. Otherwise, it's like, yeah, okay, I'll be healthy. You know, what does that even mean? <laughs> you know, as long right. as I know what that meant for me, um, then that's what had me or that's what kept me sticking with it. So I saw the benefits in terms of my energy, in terms of my mood, and that was huge for me, absolutely huge. Otherwise, I would just be like laying around all the time and moping and, you know, it just felt awful. But having that change, seeing that huge difference was just life-changing and just really eye-opening. Amazing. I love that. And then naturally, we want to go and share it with everybody else, right? Exactly. But not everyone always wants to hear it right away. No. Definitely not. Yep. (laughs) Trust me. I know. Especially the closest people like your family. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. They, I cannot work with any family. The minute I have like my mom or dad ask me for advice, I'm like, you know, I know so many great nutritionists. I'm going to refer you out. Yeah. I will not work with them. Yeah. I've totally tried that. And you know, they don't listen to what you say anyway. So no, they don't. (laughs) It's so true. So I know that you do a lot of work with your clients, like you mentioned, around intuition and mindset and self-trust. So I'd love to first chat about what it even means to connect to our intuition. Yeah. So it it more just means listening to your body. And that sounds very simple, but what does that even mean? You know, some people have no idea what that means, or they have no idea what their hunger signals are, or, and it's, it's that kind of thing. It's listening to what your body's telling you in terms of hunger, in terms of the exercise that you're doing in all different areas. So just being able to connect to that, to be able to hear what your body is telling you, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but once you practice it and get the hang of it, it's definitely something that can lead to a lot of improvements in your health. And so how do you think we lose access to our intuition in the first place? Yeah. So I'm sure people hearing that might think like, you know, I never had it. What do you mean? I lost it. it, Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, um, you know, we're all born with knowing how to listen to our body. When we're babies, we eat when we're hungry, we stop when we're full. You know, even if there's just two bites left, they just like push it aside when they're done and they don't worry about it. But over the years, we lose that sense of security around food and we start to suppress our signals. And it starts as kids, you know, we have so much energy and we want to run around and get it all out, but we have to hold it in until recess. And we also start to learn that we only eat at certain times of the day. And then, of course, as we get older, we become more and more susceptible to the diet industry telling us we can't trust our own instincts and that everything we're doing is wrong. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's therapeutic diets that do work to improve people's health. And, you know, as you know, a, a diet geared towards balancing hormones is immensely life changing. Yes. But, 
for some people, you know, dieting can go beyond what's mentally healthy for them and it causes anxiety around food. They're afraid to eat the wrong things. They only eat as much as they think they're supposed to and leave themselves feeling hungry. So that feeling of hunger can even bring on anxiety. So as you can see, it's like a lifelong process of suppressing our messages, our intuitive messages. But the voice never really goes away. It's just very quiet underneath all that other noise that's sort of piled up over the years. Right. And so you mentioned hormones. And so how can using your intuition bring hormones into balance? Yeah. Well, as you know, not listening to your body is what gets us here. Yes. (laughs) It's chronic stress. It's poor stress management. It's restricting food or binging, which is the result of restriction eating things you don't actually like or enjoy. Those are just some of the things that can bring us out of balance that can cause painful periods, terrible PMS symptoms, fatigue, cravings, mood swings, um, cause you to lose your period. So using your intuition around food can bring that back into balance because one, it's a huge stress reliever to not follow any arbitrary rules. And it feels really good to give your body what it wants. And that enjoyment alone can be very healing to the body. And two, when you honor your body's hunger signals without restricting foods you like or, you know, restricting your food intake to certain times of day, um, you're eating when your body needs food. And so you're regulating your blood sugar. And I know you've talked a lot about that on the podcast. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Blood sugar regulation is so key to balancing hormones. So something I've worked on with clients is acknowledging that time is a construct. (laughs) There is no reason that you have to wait until the clock strikes at noon to eat your lunch. You're starving at 1030, (laughs) you know, and that's just, that's just more information that maybe you need a more balanced breakfast or you need a bigger portion, or maybe you just need to pack a snack to eat at the office. You know, Um, intuition is really just information coming in our conscious and subconscious, and it helps you make more informed decisions that feel good. And when you continuously use it to make food decisions that feel good, there's a lot of things obviously that happen in between, but eventually things fall back into balance. So working on the intuitive piece along with the blood sugar regulation has helped my clients regulate their period more and experience a more comfortable cycle. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Blood sugar management is just so key. Um, it, It really has like such a big cascade effect in the body. So... That's great. So eating intentionally, I want to dive into this. You know, what does it really mean to eat with intention? And is how does that connect to our intuition? Is there a connection there? What does that all look like? Yes, definitely a connection. You it's using that information. So eating intentionally is using the information that you've sort of collected in your intuitive database. <laughs> so once you start paying more attention to what your body wants and either honoring it or not honoring it, you're just gathering more information about what the results of those those decisions are and you start to learn how certain foods make you feel. So if you eat something that doesn't make you feel good, so say, you know, maybe you're lactose intolerant and it's ice cream, then the next time you have the decision to eat ice cream, you can go into it either saying, it doesn't make me feel good, so I'm going to skip it today. Or you know what? I want that damn ice cream. It's not (laughs) going to make me feel great, but it's going to taste amazing and I'm going to enjoy every last bite. So 
that feels a lot different than just eating it on autopilot and feeling physically bad afterwards. Yes. And eating on autopilot, that makes us feel shame and guilt. But going into it with intention, knowing what's going to happen and accepting it, it allows you to enjoy the experience more because you're more present. And you'll also probably eat an amount that works for your body. You'll eat until actual fullness because you're savoring it. Whereas if you're on autopilot, you're often eating far beyond fullness to the point where that guilt comes in. Right. Absolutely. And I can totally relate to that. Just being in the grocery store and, you know, doing my, my grocery shopping and looking at my list and picking up things and then, and having those feelings of like, oh yeah, I want to get ice cream or yeah, I want to, I want to get that chocolate or whatever it is. Right. And at that time it's, I am tuning in intentionally because I'm conscious of, okay, wait, the dairy doesn't really agree with me or that chocolate doesn't really agree with me, but I have all these other options. You know, I can, I can pick a non-dairy option that I know will work with my body a lot better and I'll feel so much better. It's like really making that, that conscious choice. And, and like you said, then when you eat it, you're enjoying it and it's, it's not full of like shame or anything like that. You just, you're genuinely enjoying it or like that piece of chocolate that you have in the afternoon. Like I'll have a lot of clients and maybe you can speak to this, you know, I'll have a lot of clients that will be like, how can you just eat one piece of like dark chocolate, you know? And it's like, it really is about tuning in and being intentional with your choices. And it's like, because it's savoring, it's, it's, it's satisfying enough for me and I know what works for me and, and I don't need to overindulge in it. So, you know, what would you say to that woman that's like, well, how, how can you just eat? that one piece or, you know, how can you only have just a few spoonfuls of ice cream and not eat the whole tub? What would you say to somebody? There's a couple things. So first, I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes in my workshops in person, I will do a mindfulness exercise with chocolate and I can't take credit for it. It's this woman, Robin Mallory. I don't know if you've ever heard of her exercise that she does, No, but she takes everyone through one piece of chocolate And she starts by saying, you have three bites in your hand. And everyone's like, what? Are you kidding me? (laughs) You know, and when I do it in person, people are like, I already ate it. (laughs) Right, for sure. (laughs) But then she slows down the process. She starts by the sense of sight. She has you looking at the chocolate, looking at maybe the foil that it's wrapped in, then slowly unwrapping it, sniffing it, seeing how it smells. Then you put it in your mouth and just like one bite at first, there's three bites there. You put it in your mouth and let it melt on your tongue. You move it around, feel all the sensations, taste the richness of the chocolate. So there's a lot of different things going on. And she stretches this out for three bites. And it seems like forever when you're doing it. For sure. Yeah. But I mean, obviously not every single meal will be stretched out like that. But the point of the exercise is just to show you that when you're actually present and when you're having a sort of multi-sensory experience and paying attention to all of those, um, all of that stimulation coming in, it feels so much more satisfying because you're actually paying attention to what you're doing versus being on autopilot, like I said. Totally. Yes. Just experimenting with that mindfulness aspect. And then what would you say in regards to like going back to the autopilot, like eating with distraction or eating in front of the TV, eating if you're watching a movie, like how does that maybe play a role? So, I mean, 
you can do that. You're an adult, you know, for sure. Of course. <laughs> but I think, I think another thing is just knowing that you're doing that. And again, that's another thing with eating with intention. So going into it saying like, okay, I bought this bag of chips and I'm going to eat the whole thing in front of the TV. Totally. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. that's it versus mm, I'm just going to have a little bit and I'll take the bag with me into the living room. And, you know, maybe I'll just, you know, put it to the side when I'm done. No, it's gone. You know, it's going to be. Yes. Gone. <laughs> yes. But just going into it, knowing that ahead of time, it takes away some of the guilt and the shame about it. And it just, it feels different. It really feels different. And then once you start getting used to that and accepting certain things and just understanding how they make you feel, it's not going to have such a pull on you. And, you know, maybe sometimes you do eat the whole thing in front of the TV, but more often as you get further into this process, you're not going to do that. Right. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So I'd love to chat about meal planning and how does this fit into eating intuitively? Yeah, for sure. I'm a huge advocate for meal planning. It's something I could talk about like all day, (laughs) (laughs) but I also know that a lot of people think that meal planning and eating intuitively sounds like the opposite of each other, but they're actually not. Meal planning can be a tool that really supports your intuitive practice because it ensures that your needs are met throughout the day. So this is especially helpful when you're just learning what your hunger signals actually are, because that's something we lose with chronic dieting, you know, actually paying attention and diets will tell you that you're not hungry now. You have to be hungry at this certain time or for only these three meals throughout the day. So, you know, actually knowing what hunger feels like before we become ravenous can be a little bit difficult. So in that sort of trial and error period, it's especially helpful to have food at the ready. So when you're feeling hungry, you aren't spending even more time deciding what to eat and cooking and cleaning up. You know, it takes a lot of stress and decision-making out of the equation so you can focus on how you actually feel. So your needs are met throughout the day, and this also makes it easier to distinguish between physical and emotional hunger. So if you've already eaten the meal and you're still hungry, there's a chance that you're still physically hungry, and that's okay. Definitely eat, but it's important to just think critically about it. So it can definitely be easier to figure out you know, okay, I had a lunch and I feel comfortably full. So maybe this is more of an emotional craving. And then you can go further with that and figure out what emotion you're actually feeling and what you can do to soothe it without food. And sometimes all you want is to soothe it with food. And that's okay, especially now when we're in quarantine and there's limited access to other pleasures. For sure. (laughs) But, you know, just remember about eating with intention, going into it, knowing that's how you're using the food and being aware of it. That's awesome. Yeah. I really love that. So soothing without food, you know, I'm sure that there are a lot of women listening that are just like, I don't even know how to do that. Like, I don't even know what that would look like for me. You know, what are some practices that women can start to maybe integrate into their life to, you know, find that fulfillment or find that joy that's outside of food specifically? Yeah. So the reason we feel such a pull towards these foods, I mean, it might feel, it's not technically an addiction, but it feels that way is because your brain sort of, it knows that when you go to that food and you feel that joy with the food, it's a dopamine release. And the more you do it, the more of a habit it is. So your brain sort of expects that it goes to that uh, when you're needing some sort of pleasure. So what we have to do is you know, not necessarily get rid of any foods, but 
find other activities that give you that same dopamine release. So just think about what makes you feel good. So I have clients do their own self-care list. So I can give them ideas. I can tell them, you know, take a bath, take a walk, you know, do all these very simple things that you can do. But also, I can't tell them what makes them feel good. So I have them come up with their own self-care list, things that they like to do that make them feel good. And it can be the weirdest things. It does not matter. (laughs) As long as it makes you feel good, it makes you feel relaxed and safe, comfortable, happy. And this way, when you start to think critically about the emotions that you're having with these cravings, when you're in that emotion, it can be difficult to think about how you can get out of it. So maybe you're feeling anxious or stressed, you know, it can be hard to think outside of that. So that's why I have that self-care list as a tool. So when you're feeling that way, you can look towards that and think, okay, I can do this certain thing to help me feel better. And then you sort of start getting used to that and then you get your dopamine release elsewhere. That's really great. So just going back to meal planning for a second, because you said you could basically talk about this forever. (laughs) I love meal planning too, because I love recipe development and being in the kitchen and it's just like a creative outlet for me. So I would just love an overview of like what meal planning kind of looks like for you and some of the strategies that you have in place to kind of keep yourself on track. What does that look like? For me personally, I really don't do it very rigid. So I work from home, so it's a little bit easier for me. But even though... Yeah, but I still plan because I'm working still, you know, just because I'm home doesn't mean I have all the time in the world, which would be great. Right. But what I tell people is you can get incredibly ambitious. You can prep every last thing if you wanted to, but most people don't have that time or they don't like cooking. They don't know what they're doing. So what it looks like for me normally is I just kind of write down what I'm going to have throughout the week and then shop. It's very, very simple. So I'll just plan out. Um, either like I'm a Virgo, so I love my spreadsheet. So sometimes I'll do that. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> but um, it's really just plotting it out. So, okay, I want to have this, this, and this for this week. And I'll plot out when I'm having it, when I'll have leftovers. And that's it. I don't necessarily like portion into little containers. I might make a couple things ahead of time. Just um, I, won't, I won't do like all day Sunday. I'll split it up. So maybe I'll do a couple meals on Sunday and then a couple more on Wednesday, you know, just to kind of make it a little bit easier to manage. Right. But the what I tell people is at the very, very least, if you want a meal plan, just write down where things are coming from that day. It doesn't necessarily have to come out of your home. It could be, you know, you're planning to go to Sweetgreen for lunch. And that can be part of your plan. It can totally be part of it. People think everything has to come out of their kitchen and it right. doesn't. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's important. So we don't want to be too rigid or else no one's going to do it. You're not going to stick to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For us, like we, we do a lot of batch cooking. Mm-hmm. That's really what I find to be really helpful. So especially my fiance eats like for three people, he eats so much food. So, you know, when we're cooking meals, it's like cooking, you know, double or like triple the amounts that we can have leftovers for the next few days. And then we just kind of plan meals around those. So we'll, we'll typically batch cook a lot of like protein and then it's just kind of making your sides, you know, throughout the week. That's, that's kind of how we do it. So works for us, right? Everyone's going to find their own groove. Totally. And that's helpful if you are cooking with someone else and you're not sure what they're going to eat, you know, so it's good to just have it as a big batch and you pull throughout the week instead of portioning it out. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I know that you talk a lot about weight inclusive. Can you expand on what that means? 
Yeah. So I do not focus on weight loss. Mm -hmm. If that is something that someone comes to me for, that's totally okay. I'm not anti weight loss if someone wants it, but it's not necessarily my main focus. What we normally focus on is just the health promoting behaviors and the relationship with food. And so weight inclusive means I serve people of all sizes. I will never, ever recommend weight loss for someone um, because I know that people in higher weight bodies are used to that recommendation. They don't get the care that they often are looking for at the doctor's office, for instance, because everything revolves around weight. It's all about the BMI. It's all about, you know, you can't get this treatment unless you lose weight. And that's, it's just incorrect. You know, a lot of times it's not based on any real science. It's just stigma. So I really want my practice to be a place where my clients feel safe to talk about things, where they're not going to get um, just a blanket response. Like you need to lose weight and that's how this is going to be fixed. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's really important. And, you know, I mean, as you know, I do a lot of weight loss in my practice, but it's also so interesting how so many of the women that I work with are like, they come on board because they want to lose weight. So I support them in that area. But then the conversation ends up, you know, really swinging left field to just focusing on the health promoting behaviors totally, and really getting that foundation in place, which then ultimately over time leads to more sustainable weight loss. So yeah, it's it's just really interesting and and I get how that's such a driver for so many people, you know, weight. Mm-hmm. And I get that. Um, but I definitely agree, you know, at the end of the day it's like, yeah, sure, I want to help you to lose weight if that's what your goal is, but I also want to have these really foundational pieces in place and I want you to ha- have a healthy relationship with food and I want you to look at all these other areas that make up your health not just your weight alone, right? Right. It always ends up being a larger conversation about those things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so interesting too how, you know, we undermine our success or our results in like, for example, a weight loss program, because maybe we didn't hit the weight loss goal we were looking for. But then again, like our sleep improved, our skin improved, our cycle is, is better. Our energy is great, you know, and we have all these things and it's like, oh, but I didn't lose the weight. And it's like, oh my God, well, you're undermining all this other incredible success that you got. Right. Yeah. Do you often find that with I do. Yeah. Well, because I work so much on that relationship and trying to get out of that mentality, I don't find it as much anymore because we do focus on like all the other things that are happening, but it's always a conversation because it's a very hard mentality to get out of. It's like, oh, well, I did all these really great things, but I stepped on the scale the other day and it didn't say what I wanted it to say. So then we talk about, you know, separating your weight from your worth which is a, it's a very difficult thing to do because we're not taught that. And, you know, it's not anywhere in our society that they're not separated, you know? So true. So yeah, I, I see it a lot. It's a difficult thing to work with, but it can be done. It can be separated. And it's, for sure, once you finally do it, it's the most freeing thing in the world. <laughs> for sure. Very liberating. Absolutely. So I know that on your Instagram, you've post some journal reflections and journal prompts for women. So I'd love to dive into these because I'm sure that journaling is a great way for women to you know, connect to their emotions and their emotions around food and whatnot. So why do you feel journaling is an important tool for women to integrate? 
Well, I am a writer. So that's that. (laughs) Well, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, So I know that for me that, you know, even outside of food journaling or finding journal prompts for certain areas of my life that I want to work on has been super helpful. So I thought that maybe I could take that into the food realm, food and nutrition realm, and see if that could help people change their relationship with food or even just start exploring it, you know, whether um, these, your relationship, whether it's um, a good relationship or a bad relationship, you don't necessarily need to have anything going on, but it can definitely help you if there are things going on and, you know, learning where certain beliefs have come from, and also like just dealing with certain emotions. One of the questions I ask is, how do you define yourself if you're not dieting? Which is like a mind-blowing question for, for people. sure. A, a very difficult question for people too, because you know, it's like, I don't know, I've always been doing this. So who who what am I without this? So it, it's a little bit um existential. <laughs> but you know, the other questions aren't quite as difficult, but more so things like, you know, how did your parents deal with their emotions? How has food been used in your life aside from nourishment? You know, right. just exploring where things are coming from, where beliefs are tracing back beliefs to where they came from and really just digging deep to get to the root of these things. Yeah. Awesome. I do love journaling. It's so fantastic. And it's a great way to be present too with mm-hmm. your emotions and everything. So I love that. And I'd love to talk about positive body image, like what that even means and what are some strategies for women to really integrate into their lives to help them improve, you know, their relationship to their body or just having that positive body image. Yeah. So positive body image, it's kind of what we've been talking about, you know, separating yourself from what other people expect of you, the expectations of society, of the diet industry and all that. And it's really kind of being rebellious against all of that and loving yourself because loving yourself as a woman is a very rebellious thing to do. So, you know, that's part of having a positive body image. And I know that a lot of the time social media is a big influence in our lives in terms of how we feel about ourselves. So one easy step you can take right now is to clean out your feed, you know, go through anything that doesn't make you feel good, anything that gets you in that comparison trap, unfollow. And if it's a friend, you can just mute them. They don't, they'll, they won't know that you did it. (laughs) And you can always unmute them later. It doesn't unfollow them. Um, And then just filling your feed with people who, you know, are in different body shapes and sizes and who are loving their bodies. And you can definitely find that, you know, look under like the body positivity hashtag or something like that. So just, you know, recreating that reality in your feed, because there's a lot of um, non-reality in the feeds. And I, I know that one thing that I've talked about with clients is really understanding that not everything you see on Instagram is real and not in terms of just like you only see the highlight reel, but also, you know, you, we know with celebrities that they're all photoshopped, right? So we tend not to, or we've learned not to really compare ourselves to them because we're like, okay, that's fake. But like our friends are now doing it too with like Facetune and all that. I know it's crazy. Yeah. So now we just, we really don't know what's real. So I just tell everyone to take it with a grain of salt and because everyone is doing the same thing now and we're comparing ourselves to unrealistic standards. So that's just another thing is just 
you know, social media is just a, a very difficult place to be if you're having body image issues. For sure. Yeah. Unfollow people, add new people into your feed who look like they're appreciating and loving their different types of bodies and just taking everything with a grain of salt would be my recommendations. Yeah. I mean, that is a great recommendation because social media is flooded with just so much nonsense and it's just, yeah, like un- unrealistic, you know? So I, th- and I know how it can really play a role on your psyche and whatnot, right? We're all affected by it, you know? We all mm-hmm. are. And so even myself, like I'm conscious of who I follow and what's on my feed. And basically, if you look on my Instagram feed, it's just like baking and sourdough bread and all <laughs> kinds of salad bowls and smoothie. Like I just, and it's mainly because I love food photography. Like I'm so drawn to that. So I'm just so conscious of filling my feed with, yeah, the things that bring me joy so that I know when I go on there, I'm not going to feel bad about myself. I'm actually going to be inspired. So if you are spending lots of time on social media, then yeah, that's a really, really important tip. So awesome. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I think you have an amazing download that you can share with our audience too, that they can go get for free, right? Yes. So it's six ways to superpower your intuition every day. And it's just a few easy, simple tools that I have to, you know, superpower your intuition. So just different ways to develop your intuitive practice and which will help you make more intuitive decisions around food that feel good to you. So you can download that. It's at goodwitchkitchen.net slash superpower. Amazing. Well, we will put that in the show notes for everybody. And I am so curious, Good Witch Kitchen. How'd you come up with that name? Well, I am a witch. Yep. (laughs) So there's that. Um, I did a few years ago when I first started this business, that name popped into my head and I was like, that's it. You know, (laughs) it's not a, it's not a huge story. It's, it was just like, I think I'm going to go with that. And it, you know, I'm a witch. It all worked out, but also I love it. You know, witches were known as healers before everything else, but, um, you know, people, they were the healers in their community. And I believe with my work that I help people learn how to heal themselves. So that's another part of it. I love it. I know I often hear from like friends and family, like, Oh, you and your witchery, you and your, right. (laughs) I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. But yeah, I love it. I love the name of your business. So that's, I just wanted to ask. That's awesome. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) So where can our audience connect with you and find you online? My website is goodwitchkitchen.net and you can find me on Instagram. That's where I am the most at goodwitchkitchen. Amazing. Well, we'll have that also in the show notes. And thanks so much for being with us today. This is a really great conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is really great. My pleasure. We'll chat soon. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Kristen Ciccolini. You can find her over on Instagram at Good Witch Kitchen. Also her website, goodwitchkitchen.net. And her freebie, Six Ways to Superpower Your Intuition Every Day. We've got a link for that in our show notes. So head on over to the website, holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 115. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't left us a rating and a review, you can do so on any platform that you listen to us on. 
It always means so much and we love, love, love to read them. And also come hang out with me over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie. I want to know what you guys are up to, what podcast episodes and topics you'd love for me to dive into. And there's always so many delicious recipes that I post over on Instagram. And I really appreciate when you guys tag me in your creations, especially creations from the book, The 30 Day Hormone Solution. I always love to see what you guys are up to and what you're cooking and eating. So thanks again for tuning in and I will chat with you all next week. Have an awesome day. 